0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy? Fall Guy.
1: That's what the poster
0: said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters, May 3rd, read it, PG 13. Humans, on this episode of Wu-Pod Suey, we discuss the SEC champion soccer, and cross-country teams.
1: We sit down with lifelong Razorback fan and noted Hollywood celebrity Matt Besser to discuss the Razorbacks.
0: We discuss the sorrows of the football team and where to go from here.
1: And we answer some of your questions from Twitter.com. All that and much more on today's episode of Woo Suey
0: Woo Pod. Welcome to Woo Podsui, the official podcast of Arkansas Fight. I am Tucker Partridge. This is my co-host, Saul Malone. Say hello, Saul Malone. How we doing, folks? Glad to be here. We have got a jam-packed podcast for you, and we are going to tackle that head on. We have got so much to talk about, and where better to begin than with your SEC champion, Soccer team, Saul Malone, they're SEC champs, baby. They
1: they did it. They really did it. They brought home the trophy. Looks good. Looks good with the words Arkansas Razorbacks on that.
0: It is very fun being good at something. The team uh, went down to Tennessee. And by down, of course, I mean sort of up. Across? Across Lateral movement. Tennessee and defeated them 3-1 to one. again getting a road win that locked up the SEC regular season title and propels us to what will be a pretty good shot at an SEC tournament title and a deep NCAA tournament run
1: feeling good about it uh, we've got four award winners on our team why don't you list those off
0: what do we got We have Haley Von Fossen and Anna Potagil, both taking home the co-defensive player of the year and freshman of the year, respectively. Those are both conference-wide awards. And Parker Goins and Taylor Malum joined them as all SEC first teams. Let's freaking go. That is just awesome. We had Brianna Hunter and Katie Lund named to the second or the all-second team, rather. Uh, Worth noting, Parker Goins did this a year after tearing her ACL. Uh, Incredible.
1: Let me tell you guys something about me. Uh, When I first moved to California, when I first moved in, I had a kidney stone, and it lasted, you know, how uh, kidney stones do, lasted about 48 hours. I had to go to the hospital. It was the most pain I've ever been in, and I complained about everything and pretended like, my legs had been cut off the entire time I was there. Uh, a torn ACL is worse than that. And I scored no goals exactly coming off of my kidney stones.
0: <laughs> that is short to Parker, who scored nine, I believe, this season.
1: Absolutely incredible.
0: And was involved with 27 points worth. So, pretty good. Uh, worth noting Anna Potagil is the top scoring freshman with 12 goals this season. That is second among players in the conference. And she's a freshman. We got three more years of that, baby. Thank you very much, Anapodill. Hey, it worth turns out- noting. Oh no, you go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go no, ahead. No, I'll leave. No.
1: Okay. I was gonna say you you were gonna say I was gonna move on, but if you got some. More I worth was noting- about to
0: move on as well.
1: Perfect. Worth noting, we're not only good <laughs> at soccer. We're pretty dang good at cross country.
0: Some would say we are the track capital of the world and cross country is involved with track. The unanimous number one Arkansas women's cross country team won an SEC championship too. They did it.
1: Incredible. I mean, the the women's athletic program is really carrying this university literally on its shoulders at the moment.
0: And... That's two SEC titles that you can mark down. So for everybody who says we should leave the conference, no. Absolutely not. I
1: refuse that. I don't like that argument.
0: Don't like it argument. And these folks with soccer and cross country are proving that we do indeed belong among the elites of the conference.
1: Uh, And continually just do well. Uh, It was cool to see just some hardware coming home for for two teams, two different teams this week. So shout outs to uh, the Lady Razorback soccer team and Lady Razorback cross country team. Thank you so much for representing the university so well and bringing home some
0: hardware. Speaking of hardware, worth noting that basketball season is coming up and we saw a video of baseball coach Dave Van Horn wishing the team good luck. Conspicuously placed in front of like 20 different trophies pieces of uh, hardware that have been earned. I think there is a lot of hype coming around basketball season.
1: Yeah, I I was immediately on board the second I saw Eric Musselman in a shark costume uh, getting on board with the Shark and Saw student section. Shark and Saw, baby. It is absolutely the indicator that we're going to win a national championship.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, usually when you throw on a shark outfit... People will accuse you of being from Ole Miss or something, but Eric Musselman has found a way to do it to make me believe that Arkansas can win a national championship, so kudos to
1: him. I have drank in that Kool-Aid. First game against Rice this week. They're looking to su- for students to pack Bud Walton, so if you're a student, you're on campus, go show some support for the first game of the season. I know the guys have been getting ready. A uh, lot to look forward to, I think, with basketball. I think got some new life injected into the program. Got some fun guys on the team. Really excited to watch Isaiah Joe play a lot this year. I think there's going to be a, a, a good thing kind of surrounding Arkansas basketball. So if you're available to do so, go check the guys out. They're kipping off this week against Rice.
0: Hashtag free Connor
1: Vanover. Free him, you absolute cowards at the NCAA. You cowards. <laughs> I know you listen to this podcast. Let my tall son play basketball.
0: Mark Emmert, please let our tall boy play basketball. He's so good at it. We would like to have him on the court. He would add some much-needed size to this team, but whether or not we get him, who can say. Speaking of things that I don't want to say anything about, there was a football game this weekend, allegedly.
1: I blacked out from roughly 1.30 Pacific time to 5 Pacific time, so I don't recall but allegedly, there was a football game played in Fayetteville. Allegedly, it was homecoming.
0: Allegedly, it was against Mississippi State, the Bulldogs, coached by Joe Moorhead. A lot
1: of hypotheticals. Ah, no, I'm just, we're putting off the inevitable. But before we get into it, I think we fi- we both figured out what's going on with the football team. This whole season, it's a bit. It's, it is a satire is of a regular football season. It's a huge joke. It's a real... It's like a real like Andy Kaufman thing, where they're just like, "What oh, yeah. if it's great? What if we had everyone great. on the coaching staff was just kind of a moron? Wouldn't that be pretty funny?" And they're like, "Yeah, why don't we just go for that?" And so I don't think that we're actually bad. It's performance art,
0: and In, like incredible performance art. I'm not sure that I've seen this kind of like method dedication to a bit just as yeah, much inc- as incredible as dedication
1: staff. to this bit. Uh, so you know what? I can do nothing but applaud because wow, well,
0: Bravo. That's comedy folks.
1: That is that is that is what makes people laugh losing football games consecutively and aggressively. Um, well yeah, look guys, I mean, you know we're bad. Um, I don't like need to to break it down. so we're gonna we're gonna kind of gloss over some of these. I'm gonna give you the numbers, but we're gonna kind of get through them because again, you know we're not great, but they are worth diving into because there's some notable things happening here. Um, again, as you will see, Tucker, on our rundown sheet by the offense, I've put a frowny face. Um, we we as an offense gained 205 total yards. Uh, the leader in the clubhouse at quarterback was Ben Hicks, going four for 13 for 44 yards and a pick six. John Stephen Jones went four for nine for 25 yards and a touchdown with KJ, my man KJ, going for one uh, completion but for 32 yards. Um, pretty good. Rakeem Boyd went uh, 11 carries for 114 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so he looked good, kind of his usual self. Uh, KJ, second on the team in rushing with 26 yards and a touchdown on only two carries, followed by Traylon Burks going for four carries, 15 yards. Uh, we saw the season preview, or season premiere, uh, the season debut of Amante Spivey going three carries for 14 yards, and Devwa Whaley going two carries for 12. Um, so... Know, got some contributions on the ground from some different guys kind of a mixed bag but rakeem boyd obviously leading the charge defense uh you'll notice i put three frowny faces by the defensive stats <laughs> not just one i put three it's uh, worth three it's worth three three frowny faces on the on the ranking chart there um we gave up 640 total yards and oh, right. 460 of those were on the ground uh, that is a new record for the university or the for Mississippi State University, Bulldogs. Uh, that's an SEC record, the most yards they've ever gained on the ground in an SEC game.
0: Uh,
1: Kylan Hill went for 21 carries, 234 yards, three touchdowns. Their second running back, Nick Gibson went for 129 yards on just 12 carries, also adding a touchdown while Tommy Stevens, their quarterback, was 12 for 18 for 172 yards, two touchdowns, also adding 15 carries for 74 yards. they Their backup quarterback. Their backup quarterback. They ate our lunch. Their backup quarterback. They ate our lunch in every facet of the game. Um, and this, to me, was the most winnable SEC game we had left on the schedule. I granted, Missouri is not great away from home, but this, was, this is homecoming in Fayetteville. A struggling Mississippi State team who doesn't pass the ball well normally. Uh, this was it. This was the one, and it just did not go as planned. So, yeah, that's that's the ugly numbers. That again, we we just don't want to harangue those. You guys saw the game. You guys know where we're at as a program. We're just going to want to talk a little bit about some kind of bigger picture stuff that's going on with the Arkansas football program and what we can do moving forward. So let's just kind of look at some stuff that's going on. Let's look at some of the bigger questions that we had. First off, what's going on with C.J. O'Grady? Let's break that down.
0: C.J. O'Grady, as of recording, which is Monday in Pacific time, some would even say central time, C.J. O'Grady is no longer on the team. The coaches had a discussion with him on Sunday And according to Morris and his press conference today, this was a mutual decision that it would be mutually beneficial for O'Grady to step away from the team. He ends his Razorback career as the all-time leader in touchdown catches by a tight end with 12. Um, Big loss. Big loss. Uh, Easily the number one receiving target for any
1: quarterback that stepped onto the field for Arkansas this year. And for good reason, tough guy to bring down, great hands, great athleticism, could pretty much do anything you needed him to do out of that position. So definitely taking away one of the biggest weapons on our offensive side of the ball, which is not great. Um, You know, I hate to see CJ go. I know that, you know, he kind of struggled with some off this field stuff, but man, he was fun to watch play football and I was always rooting for him to kind of get back on, on the right track. So... Uh, we know we wish him luck. We want him to do well no matter where he goes next. And I think I definitely think he's got a shot to play on Sundays for sure just with the raw skill set and talent he has. He don't set a record for touchdown catches uh, as a tight end without having an, you know a good skill set. So hoping to see him play on Sunday, but just currently for the Razorbacks, not a great start to this last slate of games for the season.
0: Not a great start you're obviously losing a pair of really really sure hands that came up in some really big moments this year quite frankly if war machine has the punishment of making a highlight reel of this season o'grady and rakeem boyd are pretty much going to be it so really disappointing to see him go i'm not sure that i put this one on chad morris um there are some issues i have with him But, uh, O'Grady had some struggles on and off the field. I I think that, you know, we don't want to speculate, but some good sources have said it was because he missed meetings. You obviously can't do that. I will say any of the other speculation you read is just that it's just, there were some really, really gross articles going around with him leading a mutiny in the locker room and blah, 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 just nonsense that was not backed up at all and it's really kind of a shame to see some of that stuff
1: yeah kind of a bummer to see you know an already tough situation just throwing gas under that conspiratorial fire that you know is easy to crop up around a football team that's struggling you know it's it would make i mean if you just are trying to make the case that chad morris should be fired you don't even have to do that the case has been made um we don't need people being thrown under the bus or some sort of speculation from fans and and that sort of thing. So yeah, just uh, I would I believe that it really was you know missing meetings and that maybe he wasn't on the same page as the coaching staff. So you know no matter what we wish him luck. So looking forward to see what he does next. But we have to move on and we have to play with the guys we have and that's what we're gonna do. Speaking of the guys we have, this Saturday we got to see some new guys on the field and who oh boy. Where have they been? Uh, Man, K.J. Jefferson took the field a little bit later in the second half, and we got to watch him play for the first time. And it was so apparent that he was the best quarterback on this team, and I cannot fathom, and we're going to discuss a few more things about this in a little bit, but I cannot fathom the logic behind keeping him off the field this season. I, besides, I understand red shirts and wanting to save him and that sort of thing, but watching him play, man, it looked like everybody on the team just responded in a way that I haven't seen the respond to any of the guys that have lined up under center so far this season. So, my yeah, I guess the question is, where is CJ or KJ been? Why haven't we been getting him reps? And just what is going on, you know, like this is an incredible athlete that made some really good looking plays, just ripping off runs and looked good. And, you know, he's a freshman and a raw athlete, but man, he looked good. So, yeah, where's where's KJ been? It's really hard
0: to see that happen. Um, I get it at the beginning of the season. But as our season became more readily apparent that this was going to be a train wreck, really don't understand the decision to keep him out or to keep John Stephen Jones out. And this isn't any kind of like critique of him, John Stephen Jones, I mean, but my goodness, just the second that KJ came onto the field, it changed completely. All the players seemed to kind of wake back up, get back alive. And then he's just an electric athlete. He made some incredible plays and <sighs> I said this last week, and I said this in a couple of articles that I've written. Sometimes weird stuff happens in football. And this was an example of some weird stuff happening in football. I guess you're not supposed to have like a super young guy come in and immediately ball out, but he did. And I understand that it was in garbage time, essentially, because Mississippi State had taken their feet off the gas well before this. But it just is very frustrating to think, Everyone in the stadium knew that starting Ben Hicks was the wrong choice and they did it anyway. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um and here here's where it really here's and we I, I can't even get the words out. I'm so frustrated. Here's where I lost I you know last week and you were able to you you texted me this. Last week you gave the argument for why Chad Morris should be retained. And you texted me after Saturday's game and said, I would like to not only Take back what I said I would like to just, uh, what did the word you say? Redacted. I would like redacted. It's gone. All support has been pulled. Now, I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, I was like, well, you know, maybe I can see the argument for keeping him. But then Chad Morris did a press conference after this game, Um, and it was maybe the worst press conference I've ever seen. And One of the
0: bottom, just of the bottom.
1: It was so bad, um, and it it just placed blame on so many people, and I, it just was it was just gross. Um, and that's where I really lost it. That's where I lost all whatever small respect, modicum of respect, and and trust I had in Chad Morris. I'm gonna give you just a couple quotes that I that really that really kind of stuck out to me. Um, when he was talking about KJ and KJ's time on the field, he said, we kept it as simple as possible for KJ. Now, what that is doing is, as Adam Ford so eloquently put in his most recent article, is saying that he is taking the credit a little bit for what KJ did on the field, and he's patronizing him before he's willing to give him any sort of praise. Because he knows after this... Performance, he knows that K.J. should have been on the field. He knows that sending Ben, ha- ben Hicks out to the slaughter was a terrible idea. Um, you know, and the same thing, just some of the decisions he made during this game when we were down 31-10 and he sends Hicks back onto the field and just everyone booed Ben Hicks. Now, I understand the frustration in that stadium as I was feeling it at home. And I hope that Ben Hicks knows that those ben- those boos weren't necessarily directed at him but they are about the situation at quarterback and the decisions that are going on there. <laughs> like, everyone knows that sending Ben Hicks uh, back into that game after what he's done was, was bad, and Ben Hicks doesn't deserve that. Ben Hicks is a, is a student athlete at the University of Arkansas and doesn't deserve to have a stadium full of people on homecoming booing him mercilessly and just cheering for John Stephen Jones for the fact that he is not Ben Hicks. Like, that is brutal. And that is something that, that Chad knows. Like, if you were a, any sort of coach, any sort of coach in any sort of league, you know you don't send a kid out into that. You figure out something else. And in the press. Oh, that
0: was absolutely one of the most in over your head moments because, again, people were booing because. Everyone in the stadium, except for the coaching staff, seemed to know that it was a bad idea to send Hicks back in. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I, I'm sorry, but that's those boos are on you, Yeah, you know, if you're the coaching staff, because you know that's coming. and the, You know that's
1: coming. And then, uh, uh, but looping back to the press conference after the game, Chad Morris said that Hicks had to deal with some drops. Um, there was maybe one drop. And that was the pass to Tyson Morris, and that's in the second quarter. Everything else was a bad throw, uh, high throws behind people, a pick six that was just—he hit the—he hit the Mississippi State defender in stride. This is the best way I can describe it. He found him. He found him <laughs> wide open. Hit him in stride for six. Like it was a terrible throw. So not only does Chad Morris patronize the one quarterback that did something fun and good. Not only does he take the credit at the top of his press conference for the things that KJ Morris did, or excuse me, from what KJ Jefferson did, Chad Morris also throws his receivers under the bus to protect Ben Hicks, who he rolled with. So if I'm watching this, if I'm a recruit, if I'm someone that's remotely interested in playing football for the University of Arkansas, and I see that my coach cannot take any sort of responsibility for his terrible strategy and terrible decisions that he and his staff came up with. And I know that I, as a freshman coming in, am going to deal with that. I don't want to play for you. I don't want to come to the University of Arkansas. I don't care how prestigious it used to be and how fun Fayetteville is and how cool it would be to rebuild a program. I got a coaching staff that's going to go on TV and take credit for things that I may have done on the field. And if I don't do what they think I should have done, they're going to throw me under a
0: bus. That uh, is and this is, bad. It, it's symptomatic of a whole problem because we've discussed this before. We had uh, Joe Craddock's comment about the offensive line. You'll have to ask them, which is one of the single dumbest things I've ever heard a recruit, like a coach say about players in college. But then today during their Monday morning press conference, John Chavis kind of got a little heated after literally just being asked why our defense is getting worse. Uh, he said, let's just tell the truth. It was broken when we got here and we haven't fixed it yet. Yes. Like, God. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It wasn't great at the end of Bielema's tenure, but what have you done to improve it? Like, We've given up what 153 points in the past three games. We're giving up don't
1: we're giving up 443 yards per game. That's 105th out of 130th in all of the FBS. And we are giving up 30 more yards than we gave up
0: last season. Yeah. So don't don't tell me that it's broken because uh, sure, the last year of Lamo was not great defensively. But what have you done to make it better? What part of this looks better? It just that when you see that, that is the head coach. That is the offensive coordinator. That is the defensive coordinator all feeling the heat a little bit and deciding I'm going to, I'm going to throw my players under the bus.
1: Yeah. Which you don't do as a coach. It's just I if you middle school coaches know that. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. I think another, uh, another interesting fact that we've, we've seen kind of go around Twitter and and make its way across hog nation is uh, Chad Morris has lost seven of his 21 games at Arkansas by 30 or more points in five years, Bielema lost only five in that same category. So I don't know what to tell you, Chad. I don't know what to tell you Chavis. Like if, if we can compete and at least keep it close with Brett's defense that you claim is broken, then if you're going to throw our guys under the bus, that's on, that's on you, man. Like, Uh, that's that's that alone just kind of tells the story like Brett Bielema had the defense that he had for five years and he only lost five games by 30 or more points and granted some of those were tough but they were expected you've lost seven of your 21 that is one-third of
0: your games
1: by 30 or more points and you want to tell me that you inherited a broken defense and then that's the problem
0: I mean you're, you're bringing back McTelvin, a game. you're bringing back scooter Harris bumper pool was highly recruited, uh, name a player. I mean, our entire secondary were top recruits. It, it, it's not the player's fault that we're getting worse on defense. This is schematic and, uh, to just see it's broken yeah. is so rich coming from a guy who's making $1.5 million a year to be the last defense in the league. Yeah.
1: And I uh, just to to go up against again a, a opponent this week that was giving up more yards uh a, like it's worth noting that we were better statistically in some defensive categories than Mississippi State was. Uh just just a couple nothing crazy. Uh but they were behind us in a couple categories but man they just outclassed us in every way and I think that is was the indication to me that this guy chad is just in over his head this is a very beatable team this is a very they're a bad
0: football team i'll say it mississippi state was a bad football team
1: they're not i mean granted that they're you know their running backs are good but man like they're not that good like we shouldn't you shouldn't give up 500 yards essentially on the ground to you know three or four different people and that's that's the thing is if you're going to win a game it's you got a homecoming crowd who should be just on your side automatically. I've never heard boos at a homecoming, and I was at a Coastal Carolina game that we had to come back with. Even then, there weren't boos. There was like some worry and some dread that we had to come well, back against the Shadlers, and it's not
0: like there was much of a crowd at this game either.
1: Yeah, like this. This should just be like you should have people on your side, and if you bumble it so bad that people are booing you at homecoming. I mean, uh, who even cares at this point about the rest of the season? I mean, I I do, but I understand the people that are like, yeah, we got three games left. We're for sure losing to LSU. We got Western Kentucky, which will be hopefully good. We have the line in Vegas, but according to Adam Ford's advanced stats, we're actually <laughs> we're actually expected to lose by a few points. And then of course, LSU is the number one team in the country, and Missouri is playing well, and our saving grace is that we're playing in. Little Rock, like that's what we're counting on is that they don't play well away from home.
0: The fact that I'm dreading the Western Kentucky game, I mean, because it literally is set up absolutely perfectly for that little monkey's paw twist that I wish that we could have a better quarterback next year. And then we get a statistically better quarterback only to be beaten by the quarterback that we wish left. I mean, it just. Uh, I won't even be shocked if we lose to western kentucky
1: no absolutely will
0: not even be shocked and the fact that that i mean what are we doing here yeah so uh, again
1: we're we're frustrated so we know that you guys are frustrated too with with what's going on and just a coach that i think you put it well in your article just seems like a fraud just a snake oil salesman that came in with big promises of a fun and open offense and has, can't even establish what he wants to do on any facet of offense. Can't figure out who he wants his quarterback to be. Can't figure out what he wants his passing scheme to be. Luckily, we have Rakeem Boyd, who is a incredibly talented running back to bail us out if we need someone on the run game. Dev Wiley also looking good, and Spivey also showing flashes, and that's the sort of thing, too, that is frustrating that you know that we have guys that are talented and we can't do anything with them. Um, and here's another thing worth noting, too. Not only are we bad at football, we've also somehow we are, there's potential that we're blowing a few freshmen's red shirts eligibility. Ugh. We are not only bad; we are we're like, hey, we're, we're we might be bad, but we're also dumb. You know, like. Do you do you want to break that down a little more? Do you have the insights on that?
0: Yeah, it's just it's incredible. There was a really good article today uh, with Arkansas rivals. Andrew Hutchinson wrote this just examining some of the really, really weird like decisions that have been made about putting people in at different times. Because uh, I love the new red shirt rule where they get to play four games without burning a red shirt. I think Great. it makes sense. I makes think sense. It's, I, it, it's good for the players. And so it gives them the opportunity to get on the field. We've seen players come in for like when Ole Miss was taking a knee or when Auburn was up by like 50 or like the final three snaps of a game against Colorado State. None of it makes sense. You're burning the shirts of people for pointless games when right now of all times we need a youth movement. Yeah. Uh, for example, the safety Jalen Catalan is one of the most like regarded recruits in our class. Chad Morris called him one of the top five players I've ever seen play high school football. So that, your, Ch- that in, your Chad Morris. I don't, I don't even know. I'm <laughs> probably just breaking in my mind. It's pretty good. But, yeah. um, Four-star safety. The number 243 player in the country. And let's put him in uh, taking a knee against Colorado State. Let's uh, throw him in the game when Ole Miss is taking a knee. I mean, that, that makes sense. Not let's save him for the last four games and then have our entire youth movement happen. No, let's just burn him. Let's get rid of it. She. <laughs> If, you, if you're if you going to be bad at football, don't be
1: dumb at football.
0: And like, we're both.
1: That we, that's the problem. We're both. Like, <laughs> if we're good and dumb, fine. If we're bad but not dumb, also okay. But we are both bad and dumb. And that, as we all know, is not a great combo.
0: Real winning combo there.
1: Just terrible stuff. So, I mean, Chad is just not doing anything to help his cause. Like, I don't know if that I want him to necessarily. I mean, FSU has set a standard firing Willie Taggart a little under two years into his tenure at Florida State, and that's a whole... I mean, that doesn't affect us as much, obviously, but it does set a precedent that, hey, schools are not scared to let a coach go if he's not getting them results, especially at programs like Florida State and Arkansas that have these prestigious and storied histories of college football, and that have certain expectations of what you should be able to do. Um, So, yeah, I think I just... There's just a lot that he has to figure out, and he's only got three games to do it. I think a lot of people have said if he can win this Western Kentucky game and you know take care of business against a away from Missouri, away from home Missouri team that that buys him another year. But I don't know if I I want Chad Morris to buy himself another year. It doesn't seem like he cares about this program. It doesn't seem he cares about the kids that are playing for us, and it doesn't seem like he has the wherewithal to figure out what's going wrong and to make decisions that are for the benefit of this football team and for, this, for the guys that play football for him.
0: We're going to talk more about Morris's future coming up, but also coming up, we have an interview with a former Arkansan and very funny guy, Matt Besser, founder of Upright Citizens Brigade. You've seen him in movies and TV shows and we've listened to him on improv podcast because we are improv boys. Dang right. Uh, I actually have a really fun Matt Besser story um, if we want to diverge a little bit.
2: Oh, yeah. It's, it it's is related
0: to Arkansas. Hit me with um, it. So this would have been two years ago, I believe. Yeah, two years ago, Kentucky was playing basketball at uh, Bud Walton against your Arkansas Razorbacks. And I saw that Matt Besser was in town because he was talking about the Kentucky game on Twitter. And I thought that was kind of cool. And so being the comedy boy that I am, I sent him a tweet and just said, hey, uh, if you're going to be in town for a little while, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee or buy you a drink and talk comedy a little bit. Uh, Arkansan to Arkansan. And he said... Uh, He replied and said, want to go to game? And I said, yes. So I went to the Arkansas-Kentucky game with Matt Besser, uh, the world's most cantankerous man, (laughs) and got to see him react to a basketball game. And let me tell you, the man does not like college basketball referees, does not like them at all. Um, really nice guy to us. We talked about improv a little bit, talked about Arkansas sports, but he closed the night by turning to me and another friend who attended this with me, uh, and said, you guys are really cool. Have a nice night. I'm going to go yell at the refs now. <laughs> and then just walked down to the front of the aisle and started yelling at the refs. It was, yeah, that's better. Before we do that, though, I want to leave you with a stat before our break. Arkansas's loss Saturday means that the Razorbacks will have gone more than three calendar years without an SEC win at home. Morris has never won a conference game, and the last home league victory was by his predecessor, Brett Bielema, against Florida on November 5th, 2016. The last time Arkansas won a conference game anywhere was more than two calendar years ago at Ole Miss. On October 28th, 2017. When we come back, enjoy an interview with Matt Besser. Okay, guys. Uh,
1: we are here with Matt Besser, the founder of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater uh, here in Hollywood and New York, and longtime Hog fan. Matt, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Woo pick Sui. Woo pick. Yeah, we uh, love having you interact with us, especially on game days. You do a lot of funny stuff, was a big fan of you reminding everyone that <laughs> Baker Mayfield got ran down on Dixon Street a couple of years ago. Incredible. Yeah,
2: <laughs> big fan of that whole moment. <laughs> big fan of his whole failure in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I think a lot of people are pretty pumped on that. Um, so you are born and raised Little Rock, correct? Oh, yeah. So you're a longtime Hawk fan.
2: Oh, yeah. I used to scalp tickets outside of War Memorial. Oh baby, do you still do that? Do you still have to scalper? Can you go ahead and just get tickets now? I, I'm no one's giving me tickets. I'm still waiting for that celebrity status, but uh, I'm not scalping myself anymore.
1: <laughs> I think th- I th- we've got some connects. I'll see what I can do to get you some tickets. Oh, uh, take them. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so we've got. We I still couple- got Little Rock games. That's yeah, Little Rock games still happening, man. Uh, you know, I, for some reason, a lot of people are anti the Little Rock game. I don't, I don't get it. I think it's great for the fans down there that don't get to come up to Fayetteville, and the the atmosphere is always crazy, and it's always good for one good tailgate fight. So
2: I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Little Rock game. I think I'm pro, too, as well.
1: <laughs> Matt, is there... Do you remember the first, your first memory of Arkansas Athletics, something that just stuck with you that you were like, okay, I am in on this team. This is my team. I know that it's kind of default if you're from Arkansas because it's all we have, but you can look outside Arkansas for other teams to support, but was there a moment where you were like, you know what, I'm in on the Hogs?
2: Um, well, my earliest memories of the Hogs uh, would be in the 70s when I was a kid, and I was fortunate enough to be part of the triplets era, which was Sidney Moncrief, oh yeah, Mar- Marvin Delph, and Ron Brewer, and that was my first basketball team, and Sydney was my first um, sports hero. My daughter's name is Sydney with an I. Oh, nice. Everybody always goes, with a Y, right? And I'm like, no, with Absolutely. an I. Super <laughs> Sid. And uh, so I... Th- I think I was into the basketball team first, but then when Lou Holtz took over the football team and we won the 1978 Orange Bowl, I think that Orange Bowl is my most vivid memory of a game. And the excitement of that game uh, was incredible. It's still one of my favorite games ever. We were huge underdogs. Our best player was suspended, and we still won. It was amazing. And I also remember the time us reed hit the shot from half court to beat louisville in the final seconds so those yeah. those are those are two epic 70s moments that i have distinct memories of uh,
1: yeah i go back when basketball season starts and i watch that half court shot and it gets me incredibly pumped for basketball season just regardless of who's who we're playing that just that moment gets me going
2: i also was there when uh, McFadden beat LSU at oh. LSU, the the bring the wood, and so. I I was in the stadium, and that that's probably not probably that was without question the greatest live sporting event I've ever witnessed and been a part of.
1: I can't as imagine. a fan just in in Death Valley just watching that happen.
2: Yeah, it was funny because. Uh, the LSU fans were so confident and so patronizing to my wife and I before the game, almost like we were a high school team and and the way that game went and how it was close the whole way. And, I, I, and I'm and i such a loud fan, but since I was surrounded by Tigers, I, I, I shut up most of the game. I started getting loud in the fourth quarter, and there was some McFadden touchdown that I sp- accidentally spilled all this nacho cheese on the people <laughs> in front of me cuz I jumped out, out of my seat so quickly. Yeah. And uh and then after the game all the LSU fans were so mad and we didn't know where when you when you walk out of a stadium that's around you kind of lose your sense of direction and I was yeah. like, I don't know where our motel is. Uh, we're going to have to ask someone. So I asked this guy and he looks at me and he goes, "You're an Arkansas fan. I should tell you the wrong directions, but I'm a good guy." <laughs> and, he pointed the, and he pointed the way to go, and we start walking, and we walk, and we walk, and we walk, and we walk, and it's at least over a mile. I'm like, that asshole told us the <laughs> wrong direction. You've been had. So uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful day. That's, no, I, I think I'll take walking.
1: Uh, I'll walk any amount of miles for an Arkansas victory over LSU any day. I imagine you. I imagine you asking directions, just fully decked out in hog gear as well.
2: Oh yeah, I knew. I knew the danger. I knew. Uh, <laughs> I was lucky. We just didn't get beat up. Period.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it can get a little spicy down there at Death Valley for sure. Uh, I think too. Uh, what we talk, we've been talking about especially lately is just there's like a lot of pain that kind of comes with being a Razorback fan. It just it seems to be kind of of late eternal suffering. Uh, so we've talked about your good moments. Are there any moments that you remember where you're like, if, if this is what being an Arkansas fan is, I don't know how much I can handle. <laughs> is there like a particularly
2: painful Arkansas you know, memory? You know, you say that, I feel like until recently, in recent years, I, I've never felt that way, actually. Okay. Like, I'm a I'm a Jets fan And I definitely get that from being a Jets fan. Right. Um, But I always felt like we were always in it. Okay. Even on a, even, and it used to be a six and six year was bad. Right. And now we're aiming for those years. I I, I used to go to, when I was growing up, there was this uh, Mexican restaurant or Tex-Mex restaurant in Little Rock called Browning's. They might still have it, but, um, it's one of the most popular ones. And they had up on the walls all the records of all the seasons, like in the history of the Razorbacks. And I remember eating eating my nachos and guacamole and just looking at all those years. And it was yeah. always, you know, it was usually like 10 and 1, 9 and 2. And on bad years, it was 7 and something. But you never got below that. Right and i haven't looked at i haven't haven't looked at the the long history in a while but i feel this has if there's a graph this has to be a dip and it's and it's understandable when you're in the same you know division with alabama that it's always going to be rough (laughs) and i i I take i almost take pride in that and if someone said if you had the choice to leave would you i would almost go no i I still want to beat alabama yeah um but this is bad. where We're at now. This is different. This is yeah. not. This is not some feeling I've had as a hog fan. Because I even felt, like I said before, even on even on years where it didn't feel like we could be contenders, it always felt like we're in the game and we could upset. We could upset even the best team. Yeah. Uh, but not these last few years. It doesn't feel like that anymore. It doesn't feel like we're in the game.
1: It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like we are. Just outperformed in every facet of possible. The every facet of a game of football is we are outperformed in, and it's frustrating. I think that's part of you know, kind of my generation of hawk fan. We came up, uh, and you know, we got to experience the Petrino years. Uh, it was like my first few years of college when we were doing really well and going to New Years, and then ever since that dreadful 2012 season, we've just haven't found anything close to what we were you know, in our kind of prestigious past, and I think that sense of ennui or frustration and feeling of dread that, you know, you feel as a Jets fan, I think it's kind of more prevalent in this newer generation of Hawk fan who got to grow up seeing success, and then when it was their turn to be at the school or be, you know, a college-age student rooting for the team, they haven't had those years post-2012, so it's been you know, so coming up on seven years, eight years of, of just this kind of mediocrity. And I think that's a little bit why it kind of prevails a little more in this younger generation of hog fans.
2: And yeah, I remember the first time, or maybe when the first time, I remember when we lost uh, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I assume that's over 10 years ago. But uh, I remember we, we were sho- Razorback Nation was shocked. Like, it just felt like we don't lose to teams like this. We don't lose to teams with five syllables or more in the title of the college. And this year, when we lost to San Jose, is that what they're called? San Jose State? San Jose State. To me, that was the end. I'll I'll let you do that in your first year, but you can't lose to a San Jose State in your second year, dude. What's the I, excuse? I don't understand what the excuse can be. You can't say recruiting. Are you going to say they have better recruiting than us? <laughs> yeah. So what's I, the excuse? It has it, to be I, the coaching. It has to be the staff, and that's and
1: we've talked about that a lot on, on every almost every episode this year. Of we don't know what what the staff is doing. It doesn't look like they know what they're doing. So like I guess that's my follow up question. Here is you you were watching football this year? Obviously, you've watched the past couple of years. You've watched us just. just flat-out suck and lose to teams like San Jose and North Texas. What What do you think is the main issue if you, from your point of view, and are you on the, the boat of let's get rid of Chad Morris because we know it's early. We tried to make a case for him a couple episodes ago, and then he lost badly to Mississippi State on homecoming, and we recanted that. <laughs> defense we're like let's get this guy here because he just seems like he is in over his head his whole staff is in over his head and i'm just, not sure
2: how you had patience with them past kentucky though yeah like we tried how did to you defend that i mean they had a they didn't have a real quarterback in the game right they had a receiver who played quarterback in high school and for us it was how can you not scheme against that <laughs> yeah how can you not like that's my problem talking about football is because yeah. I've, I've never played it down i have right. played basketball basketball is a lot easier to wrap your head around right and therefore easier to criticize and point out what a problem may be whereas football are so many moving parts and if you if you never played but i do know enough as a fan to know if you're playing a team that has a guy that hasn't played Quarterback yet that year, and he's, he's not even playing quarterback up till then. If you're supposedly a defensive genius, you should be able to come up with some schemes to confuse that guy. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why I was done after that game. Yeah. That was, was really like, done after San Jose State, but I was like, all right, let's give him a chance to improve. But nope.
1: Yeah. And that's what we said if, if we're, playing a, we're playing against a guy who the playbook for him is six plays. They kept it very simple. A lot of options and like two passing plays that they had just ran ad nauseum. And, you know, they let him do most of the work with his legs and let their running back do the other damage with his legs. And that's what we were frustrated. Like we've known this was coming off a bye week too, which is why we're so frustrated. You've had not only a week, you've had an additional week and known that you're not going to have a a quarterback you're gonna have a receiver back there so yeah i i agree it's i i it's a coaching issue it's a staff issue and it just and, then, I,
2: and we see the success with kj last last week and he's not yeah. starting I, I just don't understand that yeah and, it almost, and you know and you pick up with the vibe of the team that that's what they want too yeah that's there's been this,
1: especially with you know rakeem's press conference after the game where he noted that when kj was in a lot of holes opened up for him and it was easy for him to get off the ball so it seems pretty pretty obvious that kj has been the best quarterback since he stepped on campus but for some reason there was just a refusal to play him whether it was fear of burning his red shirt or not wanting to throw away his reps on teams we knew we were gonna lose i don't know but moving forward i, I don't understand why he's not the starter I, you're right
2: um I'm sick of hearing about the red shirt. I, yeah. I feel like that I I don't even if if you're good enough, if you're good enough to matter a red shirt you're not going to be in college for 4 years. Yeah. You're going to go to the NFL. So I don't this this obsession with the red shirt just seems so old-fashioned.
1: Yeah. And I I, I understand like I think for Chad it was I, we want to use these guys next year. And I was like, well, that's assuming you're even around, you know, you can't assume that you're going to be the coach next yeah,
2: year. Yeah, dude, play all your cards now. <laughs> yeah. You're well, I, yeah. He, he has the vibe of, uh, someone who wants you to break up. They don't want to break up with you. So they're going to be <laughs> so obnoxious that you have to break up with them.
1: Yeah. Hey, that's a great way of looking at it. We talk about his, his press conferences are God awful. He just—it's all coach speak, just platitudes and a whole bunch of. Oh, jokes. we
2: gotta execute. We gotta execute. Oh my <laughs> God! Enough of it we gotta execute. And his—I pa- know other people pointed out, but his whole patronizing thing with KJ. If we kept it simple, yeah, it's like Jeez. You, it's like you could—that's him taking credit for it. It's like shut up. Yeah, you, didn't you do anything. All you did was wait till the last minute to put him in. That's all you did. Yeah, now yeah. you're not putting them in again where it's obvious you should. <laughs> you've you've somehow blown this
1: two ways, which is hard to do. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, we're we're all frustrated. We're eager for this season to be over so we can talk about basketball and get the. But to baseball what's up season. with
2: Hunter and how come he isn't getting more criticism and how come there isn't students protesting out on the line and not letting him get into his office? Like mm-hmm. I don't. Where,
1: where's the passion? I think the thing for us is this was not Hunter's hire. Uh, this was the previous this was Jeff Long's hire. Great. You know, so you know, all the
2: more reason to fire him.
1: That's what we're saying is like, Hunter, go get your guy. Go find your man that you think is going to take this program. Because we des- the Arkansas fans, as you know, deserve a good football program. We are historically good. We, they, ESPN put out that list of 150 greatest college football games ever played. I think Arkansas is in five or six of them. So we have a good football program historically, and we deserve a good one. And that's not going to happen under Chad Morris.
2: It doesn't seem like it. It does not. And I so, don't understand the thing of waiting till the end of the season. I think for pride and to show that you're <laughs> you're paying attention, the the athletic director should should have fired him after one of the last three games.
1: Yeah, and you know FSU has set that standard with Willie Taggart too. Of yeah, we don't have to wait if the guy's not getting the job done and. The team's not feeling it. Like we can get rid of him. He's not. We're not behooved to keep him. Um, I guess I I got a few other questions for you. Um, you uh, you actually went to a hog game, hog basketball game, with our my other host uh, Tucker Partridge. He he tweeted at you about. Do you want to maybe get? You were in town. He's like, do you want to maybe hang out? And you invited him to the game. And you actually watched the Kentucky game with him a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he said that you. Had a bone to pick with the refs, and after the game, you went down and just kind of let them have it. Do you remember exactly what you were so pissed about?
2: Oh yeah, I, I don't know specifically, but it's the same problem I have with SEC refs every damn game. They call I, too many fouls. yeah, they don't let the players play, and it drives me bonkers. I watched the game last night. It was ridiculous. I don't those I don't know if those were SEC refs, but they were. It's almost like they were playing with all their tools. Did you watch the game last night? Oh, yeah. 93 41. Uh, Yeah, it was like they kept go- they were doing replays and going to the monitor. It was like, you got to be kidding me with all this stuff. Yeah. And yesterday yeah, for- wasn't even a, a contentious game that would have a lot of fouls. So it just drives me nuts. And that game that I went to with Kentucky, they, they beat us thoroughly. But still, it was like, it's not just us, both teams. You're just calling it both sides of the court. You're slowing down the action, and you're making it all about free throws. It's boring to watch.
1: Yeah. I, I hate when the game flow is interrupted so, you know, we can go check every player, confirm a foul. Just just let the guys play ball. It's and all the touch game.
2: And all the touch fouls, too. I, I, don't, I think that was happening more last year for some reason. But, yeah, I'll let the refs have it. I'll let them know. I'm not here. To watch your whistling concerto, <laughs> let the boys play.
1: Uh, obviously, I don't know if you keep up with uh, the SEC tournament is this week in women's soccer, and we won the the, the regular season championship and we're in the semifinals. Uh, and we got a good shot to win this whole thing. And the uh, women's cross country team took home the SEC championship over the weekend. So, just you know, just so you know, there are some bright spots in Arkansas athletics.
2: Oh, yeah. Arkansas, I would be interested. I'm sure this data has been shown somewhere, but it does seem like we excel in so many different sports uh, more so than most colleges, at least in the SEC. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, we're not the perennial football power, but we're always in it in track. We're always in it in all our female sports. Yeah. Uh, our baseball team is usually elite. But it's, but, but you know, m- the truth is most fans, the majority of fans are in a bas- male basketball and football is the truth of the matter.
1: Yeah, no, and football is the moneymaker in the SEC. And it just it's just the way the, the, way the coverage is set up, it's going to get the most attention and we're bad there. But, you know, we're excelling in these other areas. So we try to do, it's good that, you know, people know that we are contenders other places. I
2: really like that. Oh, yeah. Track is like a long history of,
1: we're yeah. Oh, we're a track school for sure. Um I guess another question I had for you uh, as living out here in LA being so involved in the comedy scene is that is there a big sports contingent among your friends? I know there's like a kind of a smaller Venn diagram when it comes to comedy and sports out here, but are you kind of alone in your big fandom of, you know, you have your college team and you got your NFL team? Is that something you deal with out here or do you have friends that are kind of on the same wave?
2: I'm in a Twelve person fantasy football league. Nice. Um, so those guys are obviously all into football. I don't know if I know a lot of guys who have a college football team, and I don't know yeah. if you know. I didn't go to University of Arkansas. I, I'm just, oh, yeah. from, I'm just from Arkansas. Yeah, I um, think you
1: went to school up in Boston, correct? Uh,
2: yeah, Amherst, Massachusetts. But That's right. uh, you know, but I don't follow my Division three. <laughs> crappy football team I, right. I follow the real football team that i grew up with and you know, as as do a lot of arkansans so i don't know if a lot of people have that same same special thing that arkansans have that we do treat our college teams like pro teams so yeah. to answer your question i guess I have a lot of teams of uh, friends who follow pro sports but not college as much
1: yeah it is there is something special about You know the the uh, the Razorbacks that literally you know unites the state. It's all we have, and uh, yeah, most
2: people don't follow a college team that they didn't go to. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's very true. But I mean, if you're from Arkansas, your your birthright is you're a Razorback fan, and so no matter where you go, you got that with you.
2: Yeah, it's been pointed out to me that that I'm a Razorback fan, not a Razorback, and I guess I'm good with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You could be worse things. And then, I also, I'm interested in this, and I want want you to talk about it. You just had a new special come out called Pot Humor. Uh, I thought it was great, uh, but do you want to tell the people that are listening a little bit about Pot Humor?
2: I know it's so hard to get pot in the state of Arkansas, and we really (laughs) need to change that first off. So when I'm there, uh, it's not so hard to smoke a joint out behind Vino's or King's and Conway or wherever. I've yet to do a show. I've done an improv show in Fayetteville. I'd like to do a stand-up show, though. But, um, yeah, I got a whole show about weed and also my family and fun stuff like cunnilingus and stuff like that. So we talk about everything in this special, but it's called Pot Humor. I filmed it in Portland, Oregon in front of an audience that was getting high the entire time. So it was a (laughs) lot of fun to... I, uh, hopefully to watch my comedy, but watching the really high audience and my interaction with them I think is pretty fun, too. And you can get the special on Amazon, Apple, DirecTV, Xbox, all those kind of VOD places. You can go to mattbesser.com and I'll, I'll give you links to them. Yeah, but uh, I'm hoping Hog fans can check out my stuff. Absolutely. You, we'll put the We'll put a link to that Uh,
1: special in the notes of this episode so it'll be very easy to grab so check that out very funny and like you said the interaction with the audience that is continuously getting high is very good Uh, yeah of course thank you Matt I think that'll do it uh, for this. I really appreciate you coming on really again thank you so much for interacting with us on Saturdays and watching along and continually to be a voice for the Hogs here in LA it's really fun to know that out here on the west coast there are other people getting up at 9am to watch Arkansas Razorback football
2: Oh, yeah. And basketball. And, and basketball. Baseball. All right. And, woo pig, Sui. Woo pig. Thank you, Matt. Thank
0: you. And we are back. Great interview.
1: Yeah, it was really fun uh, to sit down with Matt. You know, a lot of people don't know he's a real he's huge in comedy. I mean, started UCB, has been on an, in a ton of movies, writes and does an incredible amount of stuff here in, in L.A. and does a lot of stuff for a lot of different people. But Huge Arkansas Razorback fan. Just absolutely massive Razorback fan. Definitely interacts with us a lot on game days. He's really funny. So give him a follow. He's a good follow on game day. He does a lot of funny memes and sends us a lot of funny videos. So really cool to sit down with him and get his story of his Razorback fandom and get his thoughts on the future moving forward. Because one, it's not often that we get to interview like a legitimate celebrity on this podcast. And two, just cool to hear from different fans from all over the country. And regardless of what their status might be, that they still love the Hawks and still <laughs> suffer along with us. There is no hiding from the suffering,
0: regardless if you're the famous stars, or not. they suffer with us, The glitz, just like us.
1: The glitz, the glamour, the suffering. So thanks to him. So, yeah, before we get out of here, we just want to finish up our conversation about where the football program goes overall, and we're going to answer some of the questions that you gave us uh, on twitter.com.
0: We had some actually pretty interesting ones kind of come in. Um really hard hitting ones like what liquor do you think is best to drown your sorrows in?
1: Are you asking me? I am. Um I'm a tequila man, uh, because it gets the job done very quickly. But if I want to really savor and sip, I'm a whiskey guy to drown my sorrows.
0: I, yeah, probably the same, probably kind of boring. Um, But I usually try to approach game day sober, um, simply because it's more fun to sit in sadness, sober sadness. Um, I feel like that's the only way to truly absorb an Arkansas game, um, just to really experience the sorrow. Um, Another question that I thought was interesting Coming from our compatriots over at South Carolina's SB Nation blog, would Arkansas fans in general prefer South Carolina or Missouri as their permanent cross-division rivalry in football? Obviously, we used to play South Carolina every year. That switched, so they play a and every year, and we have the battle line rivalry presented by Shelter Insurance.
1: Thank you, Shelter. Thoughts? I I, think that I saw on Twitter that I really liked is a lot of people want to go back to LSU being the Thanksgiving game. Um, And I really liked that. Um, Here's the thing is like Missouri makes sense. We literally border them and you know, it's a close by school. It makes sense to have it in, in little rock. It's a good game. Like the battle line makes sense, but honestly I think I'd rather have South Carolina. Uh, They came into the sec at the same time we did, which I appreciate. Um, and it's just always kind of a fun game. That's the, the atmosphere when we play them is good. I hear that, you know, their stadium gets pretty rocking when we come. And, you know, I could say the same when they come here and we haven't played them in a while. I know, but I think, I think it'd be more fun if, if it was South Carolina instead of Missouri and Missouri always like frustratingly, like beats us when they aren't good. Whereas I can't, like, I can't obviously predict that South Carolina wouldn't beat us, but I feel like it'd be more fun or like at least more justifiable to lose to them. Uh, but, I mean, that's just my take. I don't, at the end of the day, I think I would I would go with South Carolina.
0: I don't think that I necessarily disagree. I, first and foremost, would just rather the LSU game be the one after Thanksgiving. But given geography, the Missouri game makes sense, I guess. It's just, you know, I grew up with us playing South Carolina, so I have a little bit of uh, nostalgia, I guess, for that. So I'll probably say I would rather play South Carolina, but I don't disagree with the logic of us playing Missouri. I just wish that it wasn't the stupid, gaudy trophy. <laughs> Ugh.
1: It's a very forced rivalry to me.
0: And I don't think it needed to be. I think if you had just said, hey, we're playing Missouri... They've done plenty of things, and I'm sure we've done plenty of things that have made each other mad enough to where maybe you could stoke a little bit of a rivalry there. But, uh, yeah, I would rather play the Gamecocks. I agree. couple of questions coming from Ryan Folks with the baseball program. He is a correspondent with them, always sends us some really funny stuff. He wants to know, like, a college sports postseason assessment. Which sport has the best postseason? Which sport has the worst one? How could you fix the worst one? What would make the less exciting ones better? So let's start one by one. What sport has the best postseason?
1: Let me just say too many questions, Ryan. Uh,
0: (laughs) Relax. Uh,
1: I would say, is is this strictly college?
0: I believe he's talking, yes, college sports.
1: The greatest postseason in college sports is March Madness. I will not hear, I mean, I will not hear. No, any, without a doubt. I will not hear any argument against, against. The, I mean, I love the College World Series, and I, I think the playoff is, is good and could be better. But th- for literally an entire month, the entire nation is captivated by college basketball in a way where production at work literally is like ceases to exist because some people are like watching basketball. Like it genuinely affects the entire population in ways that I can't fathom. And it's so fun. It's so fun to see the University of Maryland at Baltimore beat the Virginia Cavaliers. It's incredible. It's so fun. I don't understand why more people don't like it. And it's funny because I like college basketball, but I only really start like really paying attention aggressively around like january so i can start looking at brackets and i can look back and see who's playing and i start getting into bracketology so i don't think there's anything better than march madness when it comes to college sports
0: i there is really no argument there um the college world series is really fun the super regional and regional is really fun but i don't think it ever comes close to the kind of highest highs of march madness uh, To answer the question, which sport has the worst, I would love to see some tweaks to the college football playoff. What? I know. What a hot take.
1: Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the same combo of like Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Maybe you could throw in LSU instead of one of those teams. And then two other kind of other schools. You know, it's not it's not fun after a certain point it just it kind of gets to the point of like if we did away with the BCS to mix things up and there's gotta be more ways to get more schools involved because then you have at some point that you have no incentive.
0: I think you expand it to an eight team playoff, have the five power five champions get in and then three at large and presumably one of the group of five schools would be in that at large, but maybe you put a rule To where the highest ranked up to a certain number group of five school gets in. Because, I mean, UCF should have been in it. Yeah. And should have had a chance. And they didn't. And then they beat the dog out of Auburn that year. So maybe they could have. I just The fun of March Madness is the one-off games where anybody can beat anybody. And I think you sort of create that environment if you expand the playoff a little bit.
1: I agree. No arguments for me there. We basically had the same thing going on.
0: I think that kind of answers the third question of how would you fix the worst one. Um, And I think that kind of answers the question of what would you do to make the less exciting ones better. Ryan, you threw all these questions at us, man. And we just knocked them out. Get wrecked, Ryan. (laughs) Uh, We have... One final question, I guess that will kind of, it's the through line for this entire episode. I think why does Chad refuse to start KJ <laughs> today? We saw the depth chart come out. John Steven Jones is your QB one and KJ is your QB two. Morris said both of them would likely see game time, but would not name KJ the starter. Do you think that that's a bit of an admission of defeat from him realizing that he should have been starting one of these guys and he's doubling down by starting the wrong one again? <laughs>
1: I, he, I, Everything he does to me, man, he just looks like a guy that is confused and like, it's like the guy, it's like a dog with a shock collar, just like, is this right? No? Okay, well, I'll try it again. It's like. <laughs> Well, how have you not learned? Just learn. I you know, and no think of John Stephen Jones, he's played well in his, his limited appearances, so maybe he goes out and tears it up against Western Kentucky. That and would, I, hope he does. I hope he does. I mean, like, this is no. nothing against him.
0: No. It's just how do you see that last drive against Mississippi State and think anyone but him should there, be the there's match? our
1: number two guy for sure. He should just, This guy, I want him on the bench. A lot of clipboard potential with this guy. Uh yeah, I don't get it. I, I've 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 like stopped trying to understand Chad Morris a little bit like because again I think that I the thing that frustrates me most is it feels like he doesn't care um and almost like expects to be fired and is just finding new and creative ways to bring it about quicker like just you know
0: Adam suggested that maybe it's a George costanza deal where he's intentionally sabotaging himself
1: oh yeah just whatever whatever he's thinking he should do he does the opposite yeah yeah that I mean that would make sense in a way of like, yeah, why are you doing that? But it puts all of his actions into a perspective where I can at least, like, in some sort of weird messed up logic understand it. But yeah, I don't I want John Stephen Jones to do well. I want Arkansas to do well. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for John Stephen Jones. We are rooting for John Stephen Jones to do well in this game.
0: Oh, I don't care if they put So a Game in at quarterback. I want us to do well. Yeah. It just the fact that we're here. Yep. Is what is the most frustrating about it yeah it's a coaching staff that seems in over its head completely a guy that doubled down rather than firing either a coordinator last year um stuck with him and here we are afraid of losing to western kentucky knowing we're going to lose to lsu and probably expecting a loss to missouri with an unquestionably more talented team than last year yeah it just It, I, I, this game broke me. The Mississippi State game broke me. (laughs) I had wanted to, you know, give him a little more time, maybe get some recruits in, but there's nothing that gives you confidence. You see the two young quarterbacks come in and zip the ball down the field while we've been subjected to weeks and weeks of Hicks and Starkle running this pedestrian and stale offense. Yeah. You came in as an offensive guy to, like, run the stuff that they run when John Stephen Jones and KJ are on the field. What is that? Mm-hmm. And then you have the talent of Rakeem Boyd and Cheyenne O'Grady and Traylon Burks and Trey Knox, and don't use them. It just... I understand struggles. <laughs> I don't understand new struggles every week where... An 0-14 start in conference play is how you're beginning your story.
1: Yeah. And maybe I misspoke earlier and I said we're we're bad, but we're also dumb. Maybe we're bad because we're dumb. Maybe it's not a also. Maybe it's because of. Uh, so, yeah, I will be interested to see what happens this week, um, which is, I think, the highest praise I can give at this moment in time. Um, oh, absolutely. The
0: highest praise you can give is that, we're watching.
1: I uh, Yeah, I'm not I'm not abandoning this team. And if you have, just know that I do not judge you. I understand. I don't want you to. I want you to stick with the Razorbacks, and I want you to be a fan of the guys that are going out there playing for us and and continue to watch them. Um, but I understand that if you're frustrated and, and just with – and I think, again, this all falls to Chad and the coaching staff. I'm not mad at any of our guys. I'm, no. I'm proud that our guys still go out there and give a crap and – put forth the effort they do because it would be really easy to quit. I'd want to quit on this coaching staff. I already, as a fan, I want to quit. So I can't imagine what it's like as a player. And again, I'm not inside the locker room. I don't know what's going on with the chemistry there, but I can't imagine that this is a fun clubhouse or a fun locker room to be in necessarily. So much love to our guys. We're we're watching. We're watching. We're not going anywhere.
0: No. Any anger or disappointment we have uh, 100% on... The coaching staff. I don't know how you couldn't feel that about the coaching staff. Making me angrier by the minute, but and that's another thing is just that now that you're seeing limited success with KJ Jefferson, it's like, Where have you been? Why haven't you put him in yet?
1: Yeah. That's all right. Well
0: So how do you feel about the Western Kentucky game?
1: You know, uh as optimistic as I possibly can, I think, I think we're gonna have some success moving the ball. I mean, we have we have to have success moving the ball, and uh, not that we are going to. We we literally have to. This is a the definition of a must win game. So I want to. I want hey,
0: Every game's a must win game. That's an excuse.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm out of excuses for you, Chad. So
0: <laughs> this
1: is literally a must-win game if Chad wants any semblance of job security next year. Um, I'm not pulling for Chad to be fired, but I would just... I just want to care about football again, and I want to be proud of the coach that's coaching my team. That's all I'll say about
0: that. I feel bad about this game, and bad about this coaching staff. Um... In the words of Hugh Freeze, who sent us a DM over Twitter, presumably for us calling him a scumbag, um, he was bless a, you, brother.
1: He was having a normal one, as we did yeah, not a add completely him. completely normal one. We did not add him.
0: <laughs> no, uh, but as he said, bless you, brother. I, I bless you for having any optimism about this uh, game. I do not have that, so... I don't like ending this podcast on downer moments. I don't like that we are the podcast of anger and cynicism. But this is where you brought us, guys. This is your ship, Chad. You are reaping what you have sown, brother. And it's not fun, folks. It's just not fun.
1: But yeah, uh, we're going to try to make it fun. Join us on Twitter. Uh, you know, we got the 11 a.m. kickoff on the SEC network. We're going to be tweeting during the game like we normally do. We try to make it fun, regardless of what happens. So, you know, join us on Twitter for that. It's a lot of fun. We love interacting with you guys. It's always fun to see you guys come up with funny memes and jokes, especially about Chad. So we will be there. Join us uh, Join us for that game. It's going to be... Uh, yeah, we
0: are almost at 10,000 followers, so please tell your friends, loved ones, enemies, that we are on Twitter doing Twitter things. Um. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to the end. This is a podcast by fans for fans, and we want to make it the optimal experience for you guys. So please reach out to us with any suggestions, criticisms, critiques, or even compliments you have to offer. If you do have compliments to offer, you can follow us on any podcasting service. We are on Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts among others. If you do that, give us a thumbs up or a five-star rating and boost us up. Yeah, if we if you love it.
1: If you like the podcast, the better the more five-star reviews we get, the more uh likely we are to get put on people's pages and get recommended to people by the algorithm. So if you like what you hear, if you like if you think we're doing something different than maybe other hog media isn't doing, give us a recommendation to a friend, tweet us out, give us a five-star review, anything to help spread the word. Uh, we've had a lot of you guys come on. We're doing really cool stuff. It's been really fun to see you guys come along with us from episode one to now. Just some incredible growth. In, and that is literally all thanks to you. So thank you so much for listening. We cannot express our gratitude enough.
0: And if you don't like the podcast, don't say anything.
1: Yeah, shut up. <laughs>
0: uh, that has been Wupatsui. We will see you next time. Wupig. We got the we got, we got the floor right here,
1: baby. We got, we got the floor right here, baby. We
0: got, we got the floor right here, baby. Number five, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. It's Arkansas, baby.